This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, once again, Little League Baseball is upon us, and with each new spring and summer, Little League Baseball seems to bring a whole host of new rules and regulations to our national pastime. Now, some of these rules will be beneficial, some less so, although I'm, I'm sure that they've all been instituted by the folks in Williamsport with really good intentions. But as we all know from talking about Little League Baseball for years on the program, some of their ideas don't always seem to make sense, at least on the surface. Uh, in any event, there's a lot of ground to cover on the topic of Little League Baseball. And, of course, when it comes to matters involving Little League, I always like to bring in sports parenting advocate and attorney Steve Callis for his expert analysis. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Great to be with you, as always. Steve, let's just get into this. You know, if you're, if you're a Little League parent or a Little League coach or a Little League umpire, there are new rules in effect this year, as well as some old ones that are still around. Uh, like, of course, pitch counts and the, the, the bats, although the bat mandates are going to change dramatically for next year. But there are other wrinkles that are new this year that parents and coaches need to know about. And let's start with the, 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 the new rules to speed up the game. And I'm going to focus right now on the intentional walk. Now, Little League Baseball is clearly trying to follow in Major League Baseball's footsteps. Little League coaches now can legally, intentionally walk a batter without having their pitcher throw four pitches. Now, okay, a couple of thoughts, and I want to get your reaction to all this. The pitcher is then charged with having thrown four pitches, even though, of course, in reality, he didn't throw any. And more importantly, I also wonder about whether it's the right thing to do in Little League Baseball, which is supposed to be about development of one's skills as a pitcher or as a batter, and, of course, sportsmanship. So if if, um, if a coach wants to intentionally walk an opposing hitter, that seems to get in the way of fair play. I mean, let's assume that you, you have a kid on your team. He's a big kid. He's like, a, I don't know, a young Aaron Judge. Is it fair? Is it right that that kid uh, can be walked on purpose so he never really gets a chance to hit in a, in a key situation? But we know that when watching you know, tournament games uh, in Little League, it's all about winning. So sure, coach, uh, don't take a chance on pitching the big kid. Just walk him. Walk them every time you want. Uh, I think that's totally correct, and, and there's a few things here. Uh, even at the major league level, the notion that the intentional walk is, uh, you know, just raise four fingers and send them to first is going to really speed up the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, is you know, you're talking seconds. At the major league level, they need to knock off 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. But at the little league level, you're totally right. If anything, this will lead to... I think more intentional walks because it does take some skill and you see it on maybe a bloopers reel in the major league level when they did intentionally walk people by throwing four pitches away. Sometimes they threw it over the plate, sometimes they threw a wild pitch. This is all part of learning A little league, B pitching, C 
see hitting, frankly, where you have to be prepared. If you've been intentionally walked in your life, you have to be prepared in case the guy accidentally throws one over the plate. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. I think this is simply going to lead to, and, and maybe the adding four pitches to the pitch count, which is absurd because he doesn't pitch, uh, I think maybe is going to be, Maybe they think it'll be a deterrent to actually walking someone intentionally. But if anything, now, Rick, this, as you just said, this brings it out to the forefront. Oh, my goodness, this guy's killing us. You know, let's just – we don't even know if our kid sometimes is capable of throwing four pitches outside of the uh, home plate area. So this, to me, is skill building, and they're taking that away. And as you more importantly pointed out, this is going to lead to more of those big hitters, big kids just getting walked and not getting their opportunity to, frankly, get better. Yeah, I I, I think, again, as I said uh, a few minutes ago in the opening, this is all put together with with the best intentions. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty of game situations, as as you said, (laughs) you know, being able to to walk somebody – intentionally that involves development of skill uh if if a coach and you know as i said coaches want to win and and uh if they're presented with a situation with a really good hitter uh, on the opposing team why take a chance the kid's going to hit a home run just walk them i mean just walk them because after all we're here to basically win uh and uh even though that, that runs counter to the whole concept of uh of sportsmanship that's a real concern and i i don't really know if it's all about trying to speed up the game, no, it's there's too many other, I think, uh, drawbacks to this. I totally agree with that, Rick. I don't really know what else to say. There, there's not really much of an explanation in the Little League website as to why it was actually done. Yep. Um, but again, you're 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 changing the game, and you can understand why they changed it at the major league level again. Although I think it really doesn't help, frankly. But at the little league level, when you're developing children, you're teaching them how to play the game. This should be a part of the game, and as you said, it's also taking the bat out of the hands well, um, of I, a big hitter. Just, just mark my words. Come the the tournament in Williamsport uh, this August, and, and you see some kid come to the plate who's. You know, as a 13-year-old, a six foot uh, 185, <laughs> he's never going to see a pitch. He's always going to be walked because who who wants to take that chance? Um, now, speaking of speeding the game up, which again I think, and there's no as you said, there's no explanation as to why these rules are being instituted. Uh, and of course, we're talking with Steve Callis this morning. The 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 next rule they're they're implementing has to do with sportsmanship again about the umpires are going to be empowered now. If they sense that the opposing team is stealing signs from the catcher, I assume, or if you have a kid on second base and he's looking into the, the, to the batter's box and he sees that the, the catcher is setting up outside or inside and he sort of waves to his, his teammate as to where the pitch is going to be, that's going to be considered taboo. You can no longer do that. Now, I... I don't know where to begin with this, Steve. I, I don't. Stealing signs is something that is, you know, has been part of baseball forever. I would also ask, why are little leaguers stealing signs? Does that mean that they have more than a fastball? Are they really are going to throw curves, sliders, <laughs> changeups? <laughs> and and the third thing is, um, well, I mean, Major League Baseball doesn't outlaw this, so why is Little League doing this? Uh, again, I will say, and this is not to defend Little League, this particular rule is optional. Every local league will have to determine whether or not they want to put that rule into effect or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, 
you said it. It's been in baseball forever. You would like to see, especially at the lower levels, A ball, double A, until you get to triple A in the majors where, you know, winning is important the, the older you get. But by the time you're, you know, nine and ten, winning is everything, which is another sad story about where we've gone. But, um, you know, in the old days, I don't recall – this now raises the issue. So my, lo- my local league, let's just say they, they opt out. They're not going to have this rule. Yep. And I'm a coach, and I was a coach. I was a, an assistant coach. I was a manager. I was a travel team manager. <laughs> and, and, frankly, I never really tried to, like, steal signs in a little league game, yeah. Rick. But, <laughs> but now it's now in my head. Oh, my goodness, I can steal signs, you know. And, and believe me, you were a, a pro player and a college coach. I mean, you know some of these guys, especially at that level are not great at giving signs. So suppose I'm the uh, defensive coach and I uh, see the other guy give the bunt sign. I'm not going to yell, Johnny, this guy's going to bunt. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll go, heads up, heads up, you know, or something I, like that. So I think you're opening a Pandora's box here. Um, and another part of the rule, which I just want to mention, based on the summary in the Little League rule changes, each umpire has authority to disqualify any player, coach, manager, or substitute for objecting to decisions or for unsportsmanlike conduct. So when it says objecting to decisions as part of this rule, Rick, it says decisions plural. So can I flip out on an ump once? (laughs) Do I get a bite of the apple and then the second time he's going to boot me? So it is optional. Uh, I can't tell you, having coached and managed for many years in Little League, even after my son had had left the Little League program, I can't tell you there was a lot of that. But as you know, and the guys we always talk about are these guys who will win at all costs. Um, they will try and steal signs. They will try and give heads up. It's going to be interesting, I think, more interesting to see how many leagues actually implement this rule. But once again, we're dumping more and more, and I know we're going to get to other things later, but we're dumping more and more on the umpire. Is he going to have a real sense? Is he going to know if I say, heads up, Johnny, as opposed to this guy's going to bunt Johnny? Uh, you know, there'll be ways around that rule, I think, frankly. And as you said before, it's right-minded. But I think, uh, actually, the implementation of it is going to be very difficult, assuming the league adopts it. <laughs> We're talking about what's happening with Little League Baseball, Williamsport this year. And uh, my guest, of course, is Steve Callis. Steve, when we come back from uh, the commercial break and an update, uh, I want to talk to you about other rules that are being implemented this year, including that batters have to keep at least one foot in the batter's box. Again, this is being done to, I guess, speed up the game. Anyhow, stay with me. Back with more after this timeout. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm Rick Wolf. My guest this morning, Steve Callis, and we're talking about Little League Baseball, and these rules get a little more complicated with each passing year. Long gone are the days of just going out and playing and, and having limited parental supervision. Now, of course, uh, Little League Baseball is big, big, multi-dollar, multi-million-dollar business, not only here but around the world. And obviously, Little League and Williamsport continues to add more and more what they feel are right-minded rules to help our kids basically enjoy the game. Now, now I have to ask you this, Steve. You know, before the break, we were talking about this intentional walk rule which is in place now for Little League. Um, But let's talk about this new rule again, which I believe they're trying to do this to help speed up the game. As you point out, it's really just minimizing seconds as opposed to eliminating 20 or 30 minutes from a game of baseball. But now in Little League baseball, the batter has to keep at least one foot in the batter's box at all times. Uh, Otherwise, uh, if, if he continues to do it and he's warned by the umpire, the umpire can uh, basically charge a batter with a strike. Um, 
There are obviously seven or eight exceptions to this rule, like, for example, if a kid uh, tries to put a bunt down and he, he runs out of the batter's box or he's trying to get out of wave a pitch or whatever. But the, bat, that, the idea is, no, we want you to stay in the batter's box. And, you know, I, I, well, let me get your thoughts about this, first of all. Well, I think any rule with eight exceptions, oh, hi, Mr. Umpire, you know, you're getting abused by parents on both sides. We're not paying you much, if anything. Oh, and here, here's a new rule with eight exceptions. That in and of itself is a problem. I will say again, not to defend Little League, just the, implement, the implementation of the rule is it is a local league option. So every league is going to vote on whether or not you want to have the one-foot-in-the-box rule. Now, obviously, they didn't have that. My son played, as you know, 10 years ago or so. Uh, I did see umpires who were able to move the game along of their own accord. Let's get in the box. Let's go. Let's play. Hustle in and out, that kind of thing. Right. To try and codify it, if you will, in a rule uh, is very hard for me because, for example, the exceptions include a check swing. So if I'm a smart kid or I'm a smart coach, check your swing, step out if you want. Um, Or my personal favorite, the final one, on the three-ball count pitch that is a strike that the batter thinks is a ball. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm 3-0, 3-1, you know, I'm jogging the first, and the guy calls me back, so I guess I can step out. The one I'm not sure of, and this is the one I just, you know, you try and think of the unintended consequences of these rules, Rick. So if a league puts this in, uh, suppose you have a lefty batter up, runner on first, uh, the kid tries to steal, and the catcher goes up to throw. You you might want to get out of the box, frankly, uh, especially with 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And one of the exceptions is when a play has been attempted. So maybe you would argue, maybe you, Rick Wolf, would argue to me that a guy steals second, the catcher's going to throw, that's a play. And so the guy has the right to get out. But what about if he fakes a throw? <laughs> I, I, You know... Now, I, I'm glad you mentioned, Steve, of course, that this is optional in, in local Little Leagues, but I, I do want to point out the way I read the rule book, uh, this is going to be enforced in tournament play. So you're putting a lot of, a lot of things, as you say, on, on the plate of the umpires who have to keep track of all this stuff. And, and um, you know, the fact that these are rules have come up and, have, and now appear uh, either as options or, or not, uh, the fact is somebody somewhere in Little League headquarters must have gotten complaints about the fact that, well, you know, we've got a problem with kids uh, and intentional walks. So we have a problem. Uh, we can help speed up the game by, by making sure the kids keep a foot in the batter's box. Um, I, you know, I, I just wonder, it, it, have these things ever, I mean, why didn't they just try to test market this or say it's an experimental situation or who knows what, but it's just odd to say, oh, no, it's optional if you want your own little league, but when you get the tournament play, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be mandated. That, that concerns me. Well, as it should, and we've talked about this thing, these things in little league and other areas in terms of having a a practice spring training kind of thing, or even a limited. Um, you know, maybe 20 leagues in the country thing, and then you get feedback from everybody to see how this is working. But there seems to be a new thing in the country, frankly, not just in Little League Baseball, to, yeah, let's just do it. We'll throw it all against the wall. We'll see what sticks. If something needs to be changed later, we'll change it later, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm referring specifically to what you and I did recently on the – on the new pitch counts mm-hmm. in New York, in New York State, outside of New York City, where we did a number of shows on that, and it was just kind of.
put into play, and we'll see what happens, and we'll look at the end of the year. So I agree, uh, especially in the tournament. Uh, again, I've seen good umpires, and that's hard to find at the Little League level. I can tell you in the Elmsford Little League, we actually paid the umpires because we wanted better umpires rather than the volunteer parents, uh, which could go either way, as you know. Um, but to dump all this stuff on these guys, no matter how good they are, again, I can tell you 10 years ago, a good umpire was able to move the he was able to move the game along he was able to keep kids in the box he was able to hustle in and out of there you know he didn't have the threat of a strike or uh, you know I'll call a strike if your foot's out of the batter's <laughs> box or stuff but uh, it's hard to get good umpires to begin with it's virtually impossible to get volunteer umpires who are excellent I refer you to the Little League World Series just watch the balls and strikes yeah, it's, um, it's, it's so really, you're just yeah. dumping more and more on guys who uh, already have enough to deal with in my opinion Steve, let me get right to the core uh, of Little League Baseball. I mean, let me put it this way. Any parent or, or, or kid who has ever been or watched to a Little League game knows the real reason why the games take so long is because so few pitchers can throw strikes on a consistent basis. And as a result, we've all seen this, the batters walk incessantly. Nothing happens in terms of the ball being put into play, and if a kid does hit, make contact, it, it's, it's a rarity. And the umpires then, as a consequence, if they're seeing ball one, ball two, ball three, they then they feel compelled to grossly expand their strike zone so that everything is a strike. And for the kids, you know, the games, quite frankly, are long. It's in a hot field. They're boring. I mean, that's, this is not the way to sell the national pastime. You're driving kids away. It's like a punishment for them to sit there and have to play two, three hours of baseball. Everybody is being walked, and it's just slow motion. I mean, I, if I were the commissioner of Little League Baseball, I, I just make it a rule that the, if, a, if a pitcher, I don't know, he walks to two batters in an inning, well, he's out. The next pitcher can't throw strikes either. Well, then have the umpire pitch to the kids or just put an iron mic out there. But the kids know that the, the way to make, and we know this as kids who play, or as former ball players ourselves, the way to make baseball fun and exciting is to put the ball into play. I mean, is it possible that Little League doesn't know this? Well, you would hope that they would know it. And as you know, at the very low levels, at the five-year-old, after T-ball, well, six-year-old, seven-year-old, they actually do use pitching machines. I'm not talking about the kids starting out in T-ball and, you know, the lower levels where the kids obviously don't have the physical skills. I'm talking about even at the majors level. You know, a lot of very few kids can throw strikes on a regular basis, and and if they if they're wild, the kids who are batting are terrified to get hit by a pitch. Let's get rid of that. It's just control the pitching. Yeah, there should be a way to do that. I think part of the problem is again, to me, this goes back to coaching. You know, as a college coach yourself and a big time player. Hardest game to play, hardest game to teach, hardest game to learn, hardest game to coach. The beauty of baseball is, in my view, uh, even with a child who played, um, it's a game of failure. If you want to set yourself up in life, in my opinion, baseball is by far the best game because most of these other games are not games of failure. If you hit 300, you've got a chance to be in the Hall of Fame if you're successful three out of ten times. If you shoot 30%, you're not going anywhere. If you complete 30% of your passes, you're not going anywhere. So I've always thought that I would, I would, and, and, and I agree with you, if there's a way to do what you suggested, frankly, to me, at the age of 11, 12, you should be able to have enough kids. But to me, that goes to pitching 
coaching, pitching, teaching kids how to throw the ball over the plate uh, to the point where I would say I'd rather you throw the ball over the plate and someone hit it than you walk four guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know about two in an inning, but maybe three in an inning. I, I understand what you're saying, and it's it's a good talking point. Um, but I think a lot of it always gets back to coaching, and my complaint about coaching for baseball at almost every level, forget just Little League, Rick, is that in the last 20 years uh, in high school you have soccer coaches who coach the baseball team. you got the history teacher who wants to coach instead of a guy who played whatever in, in college or the pros, and he gets the job because he's the history teacher at the school. This is, to me, the biggest problem in baseball. I'm sure people will say it's a big problem in other sports, yep. but this is by far the biggest problem in baseball because, again, was then, is now, will be in 20 years the hardest game to learn, coach, teach, play, etc. And I think it sets up kids for success later in life because it is a game of failure, unlike most other games. Uh, there's no question. It is, it is the most difficult sport to master because there's so many components that a kid has to learn, as you just outlined. But, gee whiz, uh, in, in, in this world where obviously Little League Baseball uh, and Major League Baseball as well. They're all trying to, you know, basically speed up the game, do this, do that. Well, I think they're sort of like missing the big picture. If you want more more kids to play baseball at a younger or a youth age, you got to really make sure the kids understand how much fun it is to run the bases and to put the ball into play and, and make some plays in the field. And the way to do that is by basically making sure the kids can go to the bat, go to bat and and hit the ball. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a really strong proponent of that because I've seen it myself uh, with pickup games and kids over the years, and it's, it's, they love it. They can't wait to go back and play more. But that's all being washed away because now the kid has to go in the batter's box and say, oh, if I step out of the batter's box, I'm, I'm going to have a strike call to me. Or I can't, I can't tell my buddy in second base, uh, you know, or I can't look back at the catcher to see if he's setting up outside on me or not. I mean, it's right. just... This is how baseball is played, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned that every year we see more and more of these rules coming down the pike, and um, again, they seem to miss the point of how much kids enjoy playing the game if they can just go out and play the game. Well, anyhow, look, Steve, we we're just, uh, you know, again, scratching the surface here. I do want to uh, come back to you and talk to you a bit about what's happening with, with, uh, with the baseball bat situation, and because and, uh, there are going to be some major rule changes for next year. I do want to talk to you a bit about the new rules regarding fighting in Little League, which is intriguing, uh, and how that's going to be enforced. Anyhow, we're talking with Steve Callis. We're talking about Little League baseball, all the new rules and regulations that are being put into play this year, and big changes for next year as well. Okay, I'm going to take a break, but back with more. Stay with me. Hey, don't forget, at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, uh, Ed Randall will be here, and of course, Ed will be talking baseball. Make sure you stick around for Ed and his fine interviews. We're all sorts of people from the world of baseball. And as always, I ask you to check out my website at askcoachwolf.com. My guest this morning is my colleague Steve Callis. We're talking about all the new rule changes that are being implemented in lowly baseball for this year and some into next year as well. And, of course, you know, Steve, there's, we always talk about the situation with, with the uh, – with the baseball bats in Little League. And, and you know, it's, it's always very complicated. It's always very confusing. Um, I'm, I have, <laughs> I'm glad you're an attorney because, obviously, you need a legally trained mind to follow all the rules <laughs> or regulations <laughs> when it comes to Little League baseball bats. I mean, if you go there and you want to find out if your kid's bat for 2017 is legitimate, you got to go through a number of website pages on Little League's uh, you know, website 
and find there's a list must go five, six, seven pages long of all single spaced of all the bats that are legal. Many of them uh, are are comprised of metal, aluminum. They're all legal, but you know it's it's all going to change in 2018. But before we get to that, you know, let's let's just clarify what what the kids can use now in 2017 because they use the same bats they used last year. Yeah, the kids can generally use what they've been using, these alloy or aluminum bats. There is, you can use composite bats if they're on the magic list. You know, they actually have a number of lists where you have to look and, and, and see exactly if your bat fits into one of these lists. So you literally need, I think, to not only check with, uh, uh, the the bat guy at the bat store. I went to a Models last week and and was asking some questions and he the particular guy I had didn't seem to really know. But you should go to a little league website uh, and these approved bats and licensed bats are six, seven, eight, nine pages long. So you can generally lo- use what you've been using, but. Uh, as you alluded to, the big change is taking place January 1, 2018, at the end of this season, and I guess fall baseball. And then, frankly, everything you are using in Little League, you will not be able to use next season. I mean, that's we're talking 2018. Again, uh-huh. it seems like a long ways from now. We haven't gone through the 2017 Little League season yet the, and, and the culmination with the tournament in Williamsport. But as you just said... All those bats are going to become extinct, obsolete. They're going to be, I gather, outlawed because Little League Baseball has announced that they are going to a whole different uh, standard. They're going to have something called USA bats, uh, and only those bats that have that stamp on the USA bats will be allowed. Um, and, and the question is, well, why are they doing this? And, again, it's hard to, get, it's hard to read the tea leaves on their website, but it sounds like Little League Baseball is moving in this direction because they say, well, you know, these new bats, this wood-like standard, well, let me read from their website. Uh, USA Baseball's, and I'm quoting uh, verbatim, USA Baseball's national member organizations believe that a wood-like performance standard will best provide for the long-term integrity of the game. The new standard will not have a drop weight limit, so young players can use bats made with lightweight materials. Okay, well, why not just use wood bats? <laughs> we already have, I mean, there's still trees around there. I mean, I see trees every day. Well, well, Little League Baseball says to that, well, wood is a scarce resource. The new bats will be designed to perform much like wood, where its performance will be limited to the highest performing wood. Well, isn't this sort of saying, Steve, what we've been saying for years, that that we've been telling, you know, the people in Little League and Williamsport that aluminum bats the exit speed off an aluminum bat is a lot different, a lot faster, a lot more dangerous than the speed off a wood bat. Isn't there, aren't they finally, finally saying this the same, in, in, in sort of an awkward way? They are without admitting it, of course. And, and, and years ago, of course, it really was terrible. Now it's just bad. To get it to be like wood, it would be best to just have wood. And if you want to be a real baseball player, and I mean play at a high level, you're much better off hitting with wood if you are able to. 
I also find interesting, Rick, that there's not going to be a drop anymore. I think I remember speaking on air to you when my son was in the seventh grade, mm -hmm. and he played for the uh, local high school, local middle school team, where at 4 o'clock he had to use a minus 3 bat, for example, 31-inch, 28-ounce. Mm -hmm. And then at 6 o'clock when he had a Little League game, which sometimes happened on the same day, in fact, he could then swing like a 31-inch, 19-ounce uh, bat, minus 3 to minus 12 in, in hours. Now, it'll be interesting to see, because these bats are not out yet. They're coming out. They'll be for sale in September of 2017. So as one parent said on a website that I'll allude to later, um, I'm sorry, can I buy a bat this year, 2017, that my son can use this year and next year? And the answer to that question is no for every little league except the senior, which is the older kids. Yes. So all the way up through 12, 13, 14, you have to buy a new bat next year, period. And uh, we've said for years, just go wood. Uh, I told you I went to a Models. They had a ton more wood bats than alloy, composite, etc. I think part of that is they now know. They don't tell you, by the way. They now know that any bat you buy now or in the last three months or in the next three months, you could use in fall ball. You can use in little league now. You can use if you're in the fall league. But come December, come January first, two thousand eighteen, forget that bat. As one parent said on the website, so the bat I just bought for four hundred dollars is garbage in nine months. That's and the correct. answer to that question is yes. <laughs> and how much are the USA bats going to cost? Um, it's interesting how Little League kind of fudges it. They say, well, bat prices can vary significantly, uh, but we expect that the status quo in pricing will remain the same, which is such a, a, a avoiding the question, if you will. Uh, I went up to Models last, uh, a few days ago, and I saw a minus three Louisville Slugger aluminum bat or alloy bat for $449. Now, you might be able to use that bat next year because it's for the higher leagues, but I also saw a minus 13 Easton bat for $299 on sale a few days ago that if you buy it now, you can't use it next season. And I would send everybody to the Just Bats. Just Bats now sells bats, but I'm not sending you there to buy a bat. JustBats.com has literally, Rick, 45 to 50 pages of questions from parents and answers by them. A lot of the answers are, hey, call us up. We'll help you out get a new bat. But the overwhelming uh, view of some of the parents is, I'll just read you one, OMG. I just heard about the rule, and I just dropped $400 on a Louisville 917 <laughs> Prime and $200 on a Louisville X12, and in nine months they won't be legal for play. <laughs> I sure wish the rule change was advertised a little better, SMH, which of course means shaking my head. Um, you know, I've inquired about are there trade-ins, and on the Just Bats website they says, well, as of right now, the bat manufacturers don't plan to have any trade-ins. We've cut our prices. So I went online and looked at Dick's Sporting Goods, for example, and they'll sell an Easton Mako, M-A-K-O, Beast Youth Bat, a minus 12. They'll sell it now, right now today, for $179.99. It was recently $279.99, Rick, and it is unusual, unusable after this year, after 2017. Steve, this is just, uh, I, I, I'm sure that uh, moms and dads and uh, Little League coaches and administrators are listening to you. This is just unbelievable what's going on. And again, why not Little League Baseball make this clearer, put a 
in bold on your on your website. Make sure people know this before they go out and spend four hundred or five hundred dollars on a bat that's going to be basically uh, obsolete in a few months. Steve, unfortunately, we run out of time. I, I did want to talk to you about the whole rules about fighting, but we'll have to wait on that one uh, for down the road. But again, it puts a lot of burden on the umpires once again. Uh, but again, this is all part of the process that uh, that we go through with Little League Baseball. Steve, as always, my thanks uh, for your wonderful and candid insights. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Fantastic to be with you, Rick. Thank you. Of course, that is our friend, colleague Steve Callis, talking about what you can expect in Little League Baseball this year and obviously into the tournament as well. And, of course, Steve always is, is a very much welcome on this show. Okay, let me take a quick time out. I'll be back with more. Well, as you heard from Steve Callis, uh, and obviously he's uh, done his homework. He knows uh, the ins and outs when it comes to the rules and regulations of Little League Baseball. You know, I, my biggest fear is that uh, even though Little League and Williamsport uh, has the best intentions when it comes to our kids, I, I fear they're just sort of inundating everybody with too many rules, too many complications, too many options, putting too much pressure on the umpires to, to monitor all this, and it gets just deeper and deeper. And my biggest fear of all is that the kids uh, who are trying to learn how to play the most difficult sport of them all will just get discouraged. I, I, as I mentioned in the hour, I still believe the best, the best approach here is just have the kids go out uh, and, and put the ball in play. Uh, if you have to have the umpires pitch or iron mic, even at the, at the minors, even the majors level, that's where the fun is instead of seeing kids just get walked and walked and the game bogs down and it gets boring. Uh, it, it's something I really wish somebody would pay attention to over in Williamsport because I think that's, that may be the key to turning around uh, the sagging popularity of, of baseball at the youth level. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to uh, Tom Lugauer and to Brian Rescona. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.